Welcome to H is for Help Me, a podcast unraveling the web of homeschool culture and femininity in fundamentalist Christianity. I'm Alex. And I'm Anna. And today we're going to talk about Mother's Helpers. So if you um, missed episode one, or if you're just joining us in episode two, like I said in the introduction, I'm Alex. And I'm a Midwestern millennial girl who has kind of always wanted to start a podcast. And I finally found a friend who was willing to start one with me. I'm Anna, and I'm from the South. I was homeschooled K through 12th grade, and I was part of Keepers at Home, and I was also a mother's helper. And that is what we are going to talk about today. Um, So A Mother's Helper, we briefly talked about it really quickly in our first episode, which was all about keepers at home, the homeschool fundamentalist equivalent to the Girl Scouts. And you had just started to introduce this idea of a mother's helper, and I am fascinated and I need to know more. So like, give us... Give us some details. What what did you do as a mother's helper? How old were you when you started being a mother's helper? So a mother's helper is basically someone who, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's someone who helps the mother with whatever she needs. Because I was homeschooled, I was available during the day. And people really liked that um, because most stay-at-home moms need help during the day. So I became a mother's helper when I was nine years old, I don't really remember like how all of this began. I just remember that it happened. (laughs) So, So, yeah. So what were some of the things like your first mother's helper family? Did you have a bunch of different families like with babysitting? Like when I was a babysitter, I had oh gosh, several families that I kind of would work with sort of thing? Or did you just have like your one main family? So in the beginning, when I first started like learning how to take care of kids, I was trying to get my child care badge, which was for keepers at home. And (laughs) I actually did something that my mother called babysitting training, which is where... um, someone from our church would drop off her child and my mom would basically just watch me take care of this child and tell me like everything I needed to do. So I did that for a while. And then I started um, watching him at their house and that family, that's kind of unique because that one was kind of like babysitting because sometimes the mom would go to the grocery store and run errands and stuff, but she usually only did that when her son was asleep. She had three kids, but two of them were in school. Um, this is a public school family and very different from my family. They were like super Southern and her son was really young. He was a toddler when I started watching him and like they were so southern like with everything they ate everything they drank like 
I put water in his sippy cup and I still remember him looking up at me and going, sweet tea, sweet tea. (laughs) (laughs) I put sweet tea because like he would not, he would not settle for water. And then the only thing he wanted to eat for like a year was Vienna sausages. So I would like get the Vienna sausages out and I was like, what are these? Because we did not eat those at our house. And then he also watched TV all the time, which was very different. And he would always be like, wiggles, wiggles, sweet tea. So he was fun. And his mom's name was Belle. And instead of just calling her like mom or mama, he would go, Mama Belle, Mama Belle. So <laughs> I just, I don't really even know if that counts as mother's helper because she left like frequently. Um, but that was my first experience with the the babysitting training and then mother's helper sweet tea sweet tea yes and he liked coke too he wanted coke he wanted sweet tea and he wanted mama bill and he liked the movie flubber too and he would go (laughs) i want to watch flubber (laughs) so cute so cute and he would also like throw himself on the floor and want me to pick him up and his mom called it flirting and she would go oh he's teasing you he's teasing you look at him tease and he'd be like "Ah." (laughs) oh my gosh so you would mostly just like babysit him or did she have you do any other kind of chores or anything I know we talked about that a little bit in keepers that you would do some extra extra helping around the house Yeah, this family is unique because I really wasn't, at least from what I recall, I wasn't doing cleaning for them or really cooking because all he wanted to eat were the, you know, the canned Vienna sausages and he wanted to drink sweet tea and and Coke and watch the Wiggles. So that, I mean, he was really easy to, to watch because he, that was pretty much all he wanted to do was eat and watch TV. (laughs) So he was your first little guy that you babysit for, but you had other families that you worked with too? Yes. Eventually his mom started working and so he started daycare and she didn't need a mother's helper anymore. And at that point I started working for another family and, um, they had three boys, and that's the family that I was with the longest. I was with them for several years. I don't remember how many exactly, but when I first started babysitting for them, the oldest child was in kindergarten, and then the two younger kids were, I mean, one was, he was old enough to, to go into the little jumper thing <laughs> that babies jump in, and the other one was like three. So those were the two that I was primarily watching while the mom was working with the kindergartner on his homeschool. Oh, wow. So they were kind of little. Yeah, they were really little. I would be really exhausted when I went home. I don't blame you at all. Babies are exhausting. How old were you when you when you became a mother's helper for them? I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I wasn't with the first family very long. I don't think I was even with them a full year. So I was probably nine or 10 at that point. Wow. 
Okay, so what do you do with yeah. this family? This is the one you talked about in the Keepers episode, right? Yes, yes. I mean, this was like my primary family. Um, the parents were friends with my parents, and I knew them from church. So they were farmers, and they had like a farm and all this property, and their house was like massive. It was like this massive estate. Um, so I babysat, but then at first, because the kids were so little, when they would go down for nap, I would do cleaning for her, or I would cook lunch. So I did more for that family them for my first family and she was very nice like I was always treated super well they paid me very very well but the way she cleaned was very specific mm. she was into all natural stuff like way before it was cool and she made all her own cleaners out of like vinegar and essential oils and stuff and this was like way before the Young Living and the doTERRA essential oil craze. So, um, and then, okay, this is disgusting, but the way she wanted me to clean the toilet, I did this one day and then I was just like, I can't do this anymore. But she did not use a toilet brush to clean the toilet. What did she use? She, she stuck her oh. hand in the toilet with a freaking rag. No. And just, I'm like, this is a bathroom that three little boys have been using. Like, can you just like, first of all, there's already pee on the floor. There's already pee on like, I mean, fixtures that should not have pee on them. And then there's like poop swirls in the toilet. And I like, I did it, but I was like gagging the whole time. And when I went home, I talked to my mom and I was like, mom, I need to talk to you about something I had to do today. And she was like, I was like, I had to clean the toilet. And she was like, oh, Anna, get over it. That's just like part of your job. And then I was like, no, listen, this is how I had to clean the toilet. And she was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard of anyone doing that ever. That's disgusting. You do not have to do that. You can tell her that you will use a brush. And when I told her that, she was like, actually, just don't worry about cleaning the toilet ever again. So that worked out for me. Solved that problem. That's a little too excessive yeah. to expect like your nine or 10 year old babysitter to clean your family's I toilets. I get like, could you straighten up the living room? Could you clean the dishes or, you know, things that you're using with the kids you're babysitting? Sure. Don't make an extra mess, but like, can you clean the toilet? <laughs> oh, yeah. And can you stick your hand in the toilet? Like, Oh my gosh, it was so gross. It was so gross. I, like that's forever etched in my memory. But other than that, I don't have any bad memories, <laughs> except stomach virus. I they, they did get stomach virus one day, and at this point, her oldest son had started school because homeschool did not go well for this woman. Like, let's just say some people were not meant to homeschool. She was not, and she pushed herself to go through the whole first year. But literally, there would be days where I would just hear her scream, like she's screaming, but it's like sort of at the kid, but also just sort of like pent up frustration. And then she would slam a door and I could just hear her like sobbing in there. And so that was the first year. But anyway, after that, when she decided she could not homeschool and she sent her son to first grade, um, she was in a lot better mood at that point. But um 
she was picking him up or at the school for something and the other two kids started throwing up and they started throwing up like everywhere and I called the school and I don't think she had a cell phone yet because this was a really long time ago and I I couldn't get in touch with her anyway and I like cleaned throw up off of everything and I boiled all the pacifiers and I like Lysoled all the door handles and she came home and I was like everyone has stomach virus but it's fine I boiled all the pacifiers and Lysoled all the doorknobs and she started crying she cried a lot (laughs) and she was like where did you come from we don't deserve you they don't deserve you oh my gosh I Again, I can't even put myself in your shoes to have to take care of these two little kids that are not my little kids who are barfing everywhere and to be like yeah. prepubescent to handle all this. No. Yeah, it was it was really gross. I think a lot of people thought I was older than I was. Like people would ask how old I was and I would say like nine or 10 and they would go, Oh, I thought you were like 14. And I think that's just because everybody I was around was kind of in situations like that for the most part. And so we were all, I guess we had a sense of maturity that maybe other people our age didn't have. Kind of forced upon maturity. Yes, definitely. Because I was not mature at home with my Barbies, but (laughs) I was mature taking care of the vomiting kids. Barbies were super controversial, which is, that's just a random side note, but I was allowed to play with Barbies and I really liked them. That's because you were just, you know, adjacent to all of the... Yes, I was cult adjacent. As your husband says, just cult adjacent. (laughs) Yeah. So how often did you go over to this family? Was this like every day? No, it was not every day. I do not remember if it was two or three days a week. And it changed based on the year. I think by the last year, I was only going one day a week because only one child was at home. Um, And so that's how it kind of like phased out was I was like starting either like eighth grade or I had more schoolwork and she only had one kid at home. She really didn't need as much help anymore. So, yeah, I'm just thinking, I know you grew up in homeschool, like you were a homeschooled kid. And how did you go over to help her during the day, two, three days a week? Like I I said in our first episode, and I'm not a homeschool kid, I'm a public school kid. And I had school five days a week. So, I mean, I know homeschool, the rules are different. Sometimes there are no rules, but like, how did you get your schoolwork done? So that has always been a struggle for me, like balancing work and school life. And I think that skill really helped me a lot when I got to college and, and grad school, because I've always known that I have things to do other than school. So I have to really be productive and be a good manager of my time in order to get everything accomplished. Oh, you learned that in keepers. I did learn that in keepers. One of the stepping stones. One of your stepping stones. 
anyways, um, so when the kids were really little, I mean, they napped a long time. So I was able to do some schoolwork during that time. Pretty much after the toilet experience, the only like cleaning that I was doing was like making, well, I mean, this is not cleaning, but making lunch and then cleaning up lunch and then like dishes and then maybe just like picking up toys and also she would have me do laundry sometimes and she was very picky about her laundry she had like because she was rich she had really nice clothes like lily pulitzer and i had never heard of any of this but i loved washing her clothes because they were so pretty so uh i would do her laundry which was in the basement while the kids were sleeping and while the laundry was in, like, I would do school in between that. And then there was a piano down there, which eventually got moved up to the living room because I started teaching the kids piano. But for, like, the longest time, it was just in the basement. So. Okay, I'm looking at our recording, Doc, and I need to know rats in the corn crib. What is rats in the corn yes. crib? Okay, so because they lived on a farm, they would rotate crops, and one year they had corn. And one thing that the toddler liked to do was to walk around the corn crib, and he always wanted to go play in the corn crib, but I I let them do that once, and it really scared me because I thought I was not going to be able to get him out. Like, it, it was so deep. I was just really scared. Anyway, um... But one day we went to the corn crib and the older kids were like up in the corn crib and I could hear something rustling and it was like rustling from within the corn crib and there were freaking rats in the corn crib with the boys (laughs) and I started screaming and I got them out and they were like, don't worry, Miss Anna, this happened to us a couple days ago. Them rats been in the corn crib like a week. I was like. No. Oh my yes. god. And so we did a lot of like outdoor activities just because it was good for them to get their energy out. And another thing we would do is just like go on random walks around their property. And one of the kids was always talking, like just nonstop, constantly, constantly talking. And he kept telling me this story about the blue-eyed. And I didn't know what the blue-eyed was, but he kept saying, I'm going to take you around property and show you the blue-eyed. And, like, this went on for a couple weeks of, like, walking around. And and I I didn't really know where we were going, but I didn't care because I was trying to get him tired for nap. And I thought it was, like, something that he had made up. Y'all, it was a freaking blue-eyed snake. It, I have never before in my life seen a snake with blue eyes, but one day he was like, it usually sits right there. And that's what he would say. He'd be like, it sits right there, Miss Anna. Just look, we're going to see it one day. And I was like, okay, whatever, Joshua. And one day we did see it and it was a snake with blue eyes. And that was also very scary. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm terrified of snakes. I don't like the way they move. It freaks me out. Oh, blue. I've never seen a blue eyed snake before. I, yeah, I had never seen one either. And I don't know if it's like a baby snake, like puppies have blue eyes and their eyes change color. I don't know. I just remember being so freaked out. And his mom would pick me up and take me home. And I remember being in the car going home and saying, um, Miss Mason, I now know what the blue-eyed is. And she was like, oh, my God, you saw the blue-eyed? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so, 
now. I just like the way that it's referred to as the blue eyed. Like, doesn't yeah, really the blue eyed. The blue eyed. Yes. I, well, I didn't know it was a snake because he just kept saying, I'm going to show you the blue eyed for like the longest time. And I really thought it was made up because his other thing that was made up was he would walk around the property and say, See that bad guy? I'm going to get him. And it was like a tree or something. <laughs> So he did this like a lot. So when he said the blue eyed, I was just kind of like, whatever. It's probably like a blue eyed bad guy. <laughs> oh, mm. gotta get the blue eyed. Yes. Well, you had another family too, right? One that you were mother's helper for. I did. And I really don't remember a whole lot about this family. I was only with them. I don't think I was even with them like a full year. And I only went over one day a week for like two hours. So it was very short. More like. And I was older at this point. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say more like a typical babysitting kind of thing or, or like a nanny kind of thing. Yeah, it was more like that, but it was like scheduled. So it was like eight to 10, so many days a week. And um, there were two kids in the family and everything was pretty chill. One of the kids was an infant, so that was very consuming. So I didn't do a whole lot of extra work for them. But I remember he went to sleep around like 1030. And then he would wake up and then he would go back to sleep again, like right after he ate. So he slept a lot. And then there was a toddler girl, but she also went to sleep. But it was like, it seemed like it was never at the same time that he went to sleep. And um, they were interesting because they were not a homeschool family, like very not a homeschool family. I'm trying to remember how we even like knew them it wasn't church I don't know my mom is a social butterfly and she knows a lot of people but the mom would leave pretty frequently and I did like laundry and dishes for them regularly and they somehow had the most laundry out of like any family I've ever seen and it was just two kids but I don't know maybe because they had an infant that's why they had more laundry but the mom would leave pretty frequently and I don't even remember where she went but after a couple of times I remember she left and the kids were both asleep which was also unusual and I heard a man snoring and I started freaking the heck out because I was like oh my gosh there is a man in this house and I didn't know it and he's asleep and I was like okay this has to be her husband like this has to be her husband so I start like walking around the house looking for this snoring man. And finally, it was to the point where I was so scared. I could not find the snoring man. And I called her and she was like, that's not a snoring man. That's our dog. And I was like, no, it's not. You guys do not have a dog. And she was like, we do have a dog. And I was like, I've been here for like so many weeks and I've never seen the dog. And she was like, it's an English bulldog. She's really quiet. You'll never see her. I'm going to tell you where she's sleeping. And she was like, 
go to the table behind the sofa and look underneath and she's going to be there asleep and that's what you're hearing she was like i guarantee it and (laughs) at this point i'm totally terrified but i go in there and yes this was an english bulldog snoring it was not a man in the house snoring oh my gosh that's like my dog I have the bull mastiff, you know, and he, oh, that was very, very Midwestern. That was a big ENL. Um, but I have the, the bull mastiff and he, he snores like that too. A lot. Very, very loudly. Yeah. I really liked this dog once I knew that she existed, but I mean, she was really old, like did not ask to go to the bathroom, did not follow around the house, stayed in her own little area so that was one experience I had there another experience I had there is I turned on the tv and they had like a dish tv which was very exciting for me at this point I don't know how old I was but I was old enough to know that I wanted to watch the show what not to wear because yeah I watched a lot of what not to wear okay so I did too but at first my mom was like no this is not a good show I haven't approved this yada 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 and then when I was like 15 she caved in I think she knew I was probably watching it anyway and I had figured out the channel recall button not that I would ever do that but never do something like that Anyway, so I turned on the TV and the infant was asleep, but the toddler was awake and like playing in the living room. And there were so many different remotes. I could not figure out how this TV worked. And I don't know if it was like, maybe this was like an early version of of the internet. I don't know, because it got stuck on the BBC version of what I thought I was watching was what not to wear, but it was actually a different show called What Not to Underwear. Oh. And <laughs> it got stuck. The screen got stuck on like the opening. Uh, I don't know what to call it, but just like the opening shot where it has the title of the show listed and it had two women yes with naked boobs like no clothes naked boobs and they had their hands covering their nipples and that's where the screen froze (laughs) and at this point I'm like this is what God is doing to me for my sin because I should not have turned on this show that my mom doesn't want me to watch so I'm like crying and trying to get this off and I'm thinking here comes this lady she's gonna be back and she's gonna be like I can't believe you're watching this and my daughter's seeing naked boobs and I was really concerned but she actually thought it was really funny and she didn't tell my mom so I'm thankful for that (laughs) to this day I was gonna say that's your payback for uh not obeying your mother you earned badges about how important that was I did I did obviously I didn't learn anything um that family also that mom was so so sweet but like I said I was doing their laundry and they had a lot of laundry I uncovered some things in the laundry what? that should not have been uncovered like lingerie like, yes yeah. So 
one day I came over and she actually told me specifically, you do not have to do the laundry today. But it was like so piled up that I was like, okay, if I have time, I'll do it. And I had time, so I did it. And the first thing I encountered, uh, this is disgusting, but like multiple pairs of like period stained underwear. Yeah. So I had that. And it's like, okay, this happens to every woman, but it's really different when it's somebody else's. Like, oh, when it's yours, I mean, it's still gross but it's like okay this is my blood but like someone else's like menstrual discharge that's just it's a different level of like gross but in her defense she had told me not to do the laundry that day and then after I found that I found lingerie which I had never seen before and I had never heard of and did not know existed so (laughs) that was my first encounter with lingerie (laughs) so she had quite the week going if she had both period underwear and lingerie (laughs) like I'm just like what was happening there but then as a child I was just like what is this how weird so because it was like a corset thing and I was just like I I didn't know what it was, and at first I was like, is this a costume? And then I was finding, like, thongs. It was very confusing. <laughs> but when I told her that I had done her laundry, she started crying, and she was like, I hope you didn't see anything too upsetting or something like that. And I was just like, nope, everything's fine. Oh, my gosh. I have a story I have to tell you off air because it's way too embarrassing to tell on air, but it's somewhat related to these topics okay i'm excited oh it was mortifying so anna you said i think you've told me before that you did some babysitting for your neighbors right yes i babysat for them a lot i'm not really sure what to call that because none of that was ever official babysitting or mother's helpering mother's helpering and making that a verb um but I mean yeah I wasn't paid by them so that was never official but they also homeschooled um they have 11 kids now when I was living at (laughs) yes they have a lot of kids um when I was living at home, when they first moved in, they only had three kids. And wow, they were fast. They made a lot of babies. They did not have cable TV, obviously. <laughs> were they one of those quiverful families? So officially, no. They were Catholic. Oh, so they were like their own brand of quiverful. Definitely. I mean, they were quiverful without actually calling themselves quiverful. They did not wear like the long skirts and everything, but they were still very conservative. And like the older girls wore like the veils to mass. And yeah, we don't have many of those kind of really traditional Catholics around where I am at my churches growing up or anything, but. I have definitely seen them. They are out there. They're like their own kind of fundamentalist Catholic sort of they thing. Are. This is going to be like are. podcast season two, like Catholicism. Catholicism. Oh, that would be great. 
So they were Catholic, your little neighbors. They had a billion children. But you didn't get yeah. paid for them. I did not. Our moms were best friends. And because they also were homeschoolers, we were pretty much in and out of each other's houses, like constantly every day. So it was almost like they were part of my family, even though they officially weren't. Um, we did some of the same activities when I was in karate, the older kids who were <laughs> by older kids, it was four and up the four and up kids <laughs> were in karate and they would follow me around and people always thought they were my siblings. And I'd be like, no, these are not my siblings. So the oldest of the 11 kids is two years younger than I am. And then all the kids are pretty much two years apart in a stair step, except for the youngest. Oh my gosh, I'm having to count how many, hold on. Okay, except for the youngest five, they're all pretty much two years apart. Oh, wow. Yeah, some of them were adopted, and so that interrupted, I guess, the, the two-year separation between babies. Ah, uh, that makes sense. It does. So I was over there a lot, and when I first started helping them, I was getting paid by being taught how to scrapbook because that was one of my batches. <laughs> and the mom was like super into scrapbooking and I thought it was so cool. So every week, <laughs> once a week, I would have a scrapbook lesson. <laughs> and she had a scrapbook room that was on the third floor of their house. And it was like this isolated office and she had like a wall that was like an organizer with all the punches. Like, do you remember before the cricket machine, all the little individual punches and like the fun scissors with like zigzags. And so yes. that's what I was doing yes. at first as my payment. But then when I phased out of the scrapbooking and I mean, they were at our house, like constantly, I was at their house constantly. She'd call me and she would, she would say things that were very untrue, such as, I'm going to Sam's Club. I'll be back in 30 minutes. You cannot get to Sam's Club, shop for that many kids, and come back in 30 minutes. It is not possible. But anyway, she would say stuff like that. And plus, I think she took a long time because she just needed that time to get away. I think she'd be like on the verge of a breakdown. She's another one that would go in the bathroom and like cry and She'd like yell at her kids and then go in the bathroom and cry. Um, so that was happening. And then my mom was older than her. So my mom, I guess, was like her mentor. So she would, my mom would be like, we're going in the other room to talk. You can watch the children. And I'd be like, okay. So I had a lot of experience through that. They also got, uh, not the stomach virus, but they got salmonella poisoning from the Jif peanut butter. And I think there are at least seven kids at this point. And it took a long time to figure out what it was because their peanut butter was a huge jar from Sam's Club. And it was like a month or two before Jif like released the recall. And it was flat out awful. Like some of the kids had it worse than others. And I don't know if it's just like that specific peanut butter sandwich. Like maybe they got more of the salmonella. I don't know. But it was to the point where we had to use the shop vac at one point to clean up the vomit 
and she started it was like and I don't know what to this day I don't know what happened to the shop vac because I did not clean it up I put it in the garage I like vacuumed up the, the puke and I put it in the garage and I was like that's somebody else's problem and I remember going in the garage bathroom and just like putting it in there because they randomly had a bathroom in their garage they also had a lot of livestock which is weird because we lived in the neighborhood but I opened the door to the garage bathroom and there was a goat in the bathroom. And I just remember being like, hey, I don't care what's happening with the shop bag, with the goat. And um, anyway, the mom would pay the kids to throw up in appropriate places. So it was like, she would be like, you get a penny if you throw up in the trash. But if you make it to the toilet, you get like a whole dime. And all of a sudden, a lot of the kids had a lot more control. So I might steal that as a parent one day. But some of them still didn't. I mean, like one of them would just spew everywhere consistently. She also had a white sofa. I do not recommend ever getting a white sofa if you have children. That just seems like a terrible idea. Her, her, I guess her reasoning was that it was on sale. Because I remember we were like, wow, that's a beautiful white sofa. And she was like, yeah, it was on sale. That thing was white for like maybe a week, maybe. With seven kids, like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven kids, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just kept it kept growing, it kept growing, and I mean, she miscarried a lot too. Like she really, she wanted all of her kids, and they were all planned, which is, I mean, it's a weird thing, but I guess she just had the desire to have a lot of kids. So. Was this, I'm looking at our recording doc again, and it says gardening on there. Was this the family where the little girl planted tampons in your yard? No, 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 no. That family, they were public oh, schoolers, your so they were my next door neighbors. But this family, um, totally different, totally different. This family, though, I mean... It was, it pretty much was like they were my family, even though they weren't, which is kind of weird. And I think that's an experience that some other people have too, where they're just really close with a friend's family. It was different for me, I guess, because I was older. So I was pretty much always taking care of, of people. Like when she would come back from Sam's Club, I would help her put things into the refrigerator, like put away groceries and stuff. And that was like, they had just like a standard size pantry and all that Sam's Club stuff. And my mom would be there too, just talking to her. And I'd be like, mom, I can't, I can't fit everything in the pantry. And she'd be like, Anna, go back and rearrange. You definitely can't fit everything in the pantry. You just need to go back and learn how to rearrange. And I'd be there like an hour trying to rearrange the pantry. And the kids were like trying to get stuff in and out of the pantry. Like all hell was breaking loose. Pretty much almost every time I was over there, all hell was breaking loose. Like they had so much livestock, but the gardening, back to the gardening, sorry, ADHD moment. She was actually a certified master gardener, which is a certification that people get, I guess. I, don't know I have you heard not, but that sounds like a dream. I love gardening. I hate it, but it may have to do with my childhood. <laughs> so she taught a homeschool class called junior master gardeners and we were supposed to, I was going to get my keepers badge and my, I got my junior master gardener badge and 
it was basically just like learning how to grow different plants. But while she was pregnant with one of her kids, I don't remember if it was like the fourth or the fifth, but she already had several little kids. She decided it would be a good idea to convert their tennis court into like this massive garden. And it was a clay tennis court, like red clay. So we had to like she had like truckloads of dirt brought in and she had the soil tested and we were like digging out koi ponds and she had so many different and then she became a beekeeper I think she still has the bees I'm not sure and she was like wow my produce went up like 30% since getting the bees <laughs> so there was just always a lot going on there what kind of property did these people have what kind of property did you grow up on if these were your next door neighbors is this like acres of land okay so no which is really weird it was just like a standard middle class neighborhood their backyard was much larger than our backyard and i mean their house was one of the biggest houses in the neighborhood i mean they had three stories and they still had to build an addition for all their kids so uh they had yeah their backyard was huge because they had a swing set and they had a tennis court but the tennis court did take up like half of the yard and so when they got like the chickens they ended up putting the chickens in this like like they took the swing set and it was one of those that had like a little playhouse underneath they like enclosed that and made that like a hen house and then they built like an extension to that i mean it got really really wacky back there <laughs> They had to build an extension for the chickens like they had to build an extension for the children. Yeah, they, there was a point where they had, I said I would take care of their animals while they were gone. And that was very stressful because I went over there and they had, like, when I was over at their house, I tried to avoid the backyard, like, by all means possible. But at that point, they had goats that had to be milked and the goats had to be milked twice a day. And it was very stressful because you have to, like, put this filter over the jar and like if one hair gets into the jar like the whole hair of goat's milk tastes like like goat hair i don't know there's a definite taste for goat hair <laughs> but so they had the goats they had the chickens and at this point they had like 30 something chickens and they finally got rid of all the chickens they don't have the chickens anymore they had pheasants they had ducks i mean like egg gathering took like freaking forever because they had so many eggs and they were like all different colors it was it was wild in that backyard oh my gosh it sounds like it was wild back there it just sounds like they just had a wild existence <laughs> like, oh, between the kids and the animals and the garden so I brought a friend over once when I was in college because I had been telling her about this and she didn't believe it existed. And they had just had baby goats. So I was like, we're going to go over and see the baby goats and see the kids. And we went over and we left and she was like, the kids are cute. The baby goats are cute. But that is 100% like hoarders, animals and children edition. <laughs> it does sound like hoarders. It really was. It really was. Yeah. And when the kids were like really little, I mean, this is gross, but they went through so many diapers that she had a trash can by the door. And instead of like taking out all the diapers, she would just put them in that trash can by the front door. And every day that thing was like 
full and it like reeked of like baby poop. It was so gross. Oh gosh. Imagine with all those kids and so close space together. Mm hmm. Oh, and diapers are so expensive too. I did not clean for them though, which is really good. Another parenting thing that she did, which I will not be doing this as a parent, but it was relatively effective. She told her boys that they had to aim for the toilet, and if they didn't get in the toilet, they had to sit down and pee like a girl. She would be like, you better aim straight or you're going to pee like a girl the rest of the week. And they'd be like, no! <laughs> yeah, that might give some of them a, a complex of some sort. Just a little. Just a little. Well, Anna, you have cracked me up. I have been trying to like silently laugh so that it doesn't bleed over into the recording this entire episode. I think this is probably my new favorite episode that we've recorded out of the two that we've recorded, but this is definitely my new favorite. I was going to say, it's fun that we've only recorded two episodes, but we already have a favorite. <laughs> uh I hope that we can continue to grow this podcast. We are on Apple and Spotify. We are on Amazon Music. We're pretty much wherever you like to get your podcasts, you can find us. Remember, the name of our podcast is H is for Help Meet. And if you search that up, you'll find us really quickly. Also, we have an Instagram account that we would love if you would follow our Instagram as well. Follow us at helpmeetpod on Instagram and be the first to know when we post a new episode. We're going to share out some funny memes and all of that. And, and the best way to help our podcast grow is to subscribe and give us a five-star review and share it with your friends too. Word of mouth is the best way that we can share the podcast out. Absolutely. We hope you join us next time as we talk about courtship and purity culture. And remember, in a world of so much fear and confusion, don't forget to boil all the pacifiers. And if you are feeling overwhelmed by your children, lock yourself in the bathroom and cry. Your mother's helper will take care of them. She's got it. Bye.
Well, Anna, you have cracked me up. Cracked me up? No, no. Clip. Well, Anna, you have cracked me up. I have been trying to like silently laugh so that it doesn't bleed over into the recording this entire episode. I think this is probably my new favorite episode that we've recorded out of the two that we've recorded, but this is definitely my new favorite. I was going to say, it's fun that we've only recorded two episodes, but we already have a favorite. <laughs> uh I hope that we can continue to grow this podcast. We are on Apple and Spotify. We are on Amazon Music. We're pretty much wherever you like to get your podcasts, you can find us. Remember, the name of our podcast is H is for Help Meet. And if you search that up, you'll find us really quickly. Also, we have an Instagram account that we would love if you would follow our Instagram as well. Follow us at helpmeetpod on Instagram and be the first to know when we post a new episode. We're going to share out some funny memes and all of that. And, and the best way to help our podcast grow is to subscribe and give us a five-star review and share it with your friends too. Word of mouth is the best way that we can share the podcast out. Absolutely. We hope you join us next time as we talk about courtship and purity culture. And remember, in a world of so much fear and confusion, don't forget to boil all the pacifiers. And if you are feeling overwhelmed by your children, lock yourself in the bathroom and cry. Your mother's helper will take care of them. She's got it. Bye.